I think what Finns have sort of shown me is there's almost an element of not wanting to take a risk, which I've found really disheartening. Hi everyone, I'm Denise Wall. You're listening to Finland Through the Looking Glass and this is a bonus episode of the podcast. Why is it so? Well, first of all, you can tell we're in a different location. We are not at Café Enchanté. We are at what I've been told is to be called Studio Karhu, which is the studio owned and operated by our very own Travis Glossop. And Travis is here because he is guesting and producing this episode. Welcome, Travis. Thank you, Denise. It feels very different to be on this side. Normally, I'm off mic, maybe cackling away a little bit. I try to be as silent as possible. But now I'm in front of the mic, so I I can be as loud as I like. Yes, and uh, you are very humble and you're very modest. But we know that Travis is a podcasting veteran uh (laughs) you know he is uh, currently uh, the star of his own podcast which is called can i finish and we'll get round to hearing a bit more about that a little later on in the show tell us a bit about how you came to be settled here in in this delightful location here in kalio helsinki Well, I've been here now at time of recording for about eight months. I'm originally from the UK, if you can't tell from my accent, <laughs> um, from the north of England. And my journey to Finland, it's a journey I never thought I would ever make. When I was younger, I had no intention of going anywhere really other than the UK, mm. let alone Finland. Mm. But my partner, Kaiser, is Finnish. Um, we met in London about four years ago, and we decided to have a bit of an adventure. Mm. Kaiser has uh, obviously got family here, and we wanted to spend a lot more time with them. And I suffered quite a bit of a loss in my personal life, which sort of opened me up to the idea of, do you know what, maybe I should go and have a bit of life and experience something a bit different than what I've been used to for the last few years. So, Well, uh, Travis, first I have to say that I'm sorry to hear about your personal loss. Um, That's all right. And, and I hope that you are uh, getting over that. Mm. And as you said, uh, living life. Now, I would like to ask you a bit about your first impressions, even though I know that you have an entire podcast that's dedicated <laughs> to to unboxing that. So I think my, my views of Finland when I first got here, I think like it was quite difficult interacting with people i'm used to the sort of like community like not community outreach but like going into openness openness yeah and sort of like people saying hello to each other in the street and things like that and that's not really a thing that happens here but also that didn't happen in london when Mm. i lived there so it wasn't that wasn't too much of a stretch um i was a radio and podcast producer in the uk for nearly a decade and trying to transition over here was not something I was sure I was going to be able to do. One of my best friends, I was a bit anxious about moving to Finland. And she said to me one day, she said, what you're about to do is an adventure. And the thing about it is you're not tied to it. Mm. If you don't like this adventure, you can just go on another one. And I'd never considered that before. I was like, no, if you, if you commit to something you've got to see it through. You've just got to do it to the end, whether it's nice or not, whether you're like, you sort of like that Sisu thing of like struggling through, like I, I sort of 
that's how I figured I would live my life. But then she was like, no, you don't, you don't have you to. You can change your mind. Now, I've got to ask you uh, about Brexit, because mm. you did say that one of the reasons that you decided to take this leap of faith and uproot yourself and move to Finland was partly because of personal circumstances. But what about what was happening externally in the society? How was, did Brexit play a role in your, in helping you come to the decision to to leave uh, the UK and come to Finland? I think it did, but I also think it was a worry about coming here. I I think the thing about Brexit is the public didn't know what they were voting for. Mm. And I don't think the whole full scope of what it's done to the UK is even going to be fully realized in 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 this moment right now. I feel like there's still things that we're going to discover it's about still it. unfolding. It's still unfolding like nothing when I suggested it, I didn't actually know whether I'd be able to actually come here because the one thing we'd be told is freedom of movement was going to be stopped. But they focused on the fact of freedom of movement for people coming in. Mm. That was the the priority. They didn't really sort of lean on the, oh, hey, actually, it, it works the other way as well, guys. <laughs> you do, you, we're not trying to focus on that right yes. now, but it also works for you. But mm. me and Kaiser were lucky that we met before... Brexit officially ticked over and we'd also lived together for two years so I was really lucky in coming here in that it it cost me a fraction of what it would do for someone who was trying to move here sort of post-Brexit well what's what's really a shame is there's almost a, a point of Finland feels like it's going through its own like closing its borders mm. element that are sort of trying to get away from in the UK. Yeah, we'll come to that uh, actually uh, quite soon. And uh, one thing I wanted to point out with regard to UK residents living in, in Finland at the time that Brexit happened, I know that uh, the good f- number counters at Statistics Finland, they did a tally and and, uh, and what they indicated at the time was that since the Brexit vote in 2016 and up to 2020, about 800 British people acquired Finnish citizenship and uh, another 2,800 had registered themselves as residents of Finland. Mm. So tried really to plant a flag here to say, this is my home as opposed to the UK. And I can only imagine that the numbers have increased since then and since Brexit became official at the end of 2021. Yeah, I can imagine. And I think... I don't blame any of those people. Mm. I think the way the UK feels right now, I'm going back there in in a couple of days' time, and I know for a fact, go as soon as I land there, it's almost like a, a, a creeping unease about the place. Mm. Everyone's sort of holding on for dear life, like this could capsize at any minute. Mm. That's what it feels like, and like that's not a, a nice thing to feel like you belong to. Speaking of Brexit mm. and the fact that um, Finland feels like a different uh, place politically nowadays. The new very right-of-center Finnish government uh, has now been settled. They've agreed on a government program, and there's been a lot of unease, actually, here as well in Finland, um, mostly on the part of the foreign background community, but also on the part of Finns who are very alarmed at some of the 
the draconian kinds of measures that are being introduced in the new government program. Do you see any similarities uh, between the way things feel now in Finland and what you just described when you talked about going back to to London and stepping into to what feels like a situation of discomfort or unease? There are a couple of similarities that I feel. There was a feeling of, well, there's no way that we're going to end up going that way. It can't, it just won't happen. It's like we've had more positive international headlines, re-Sanamarin and all that sort of stuff in the last few years and the happiest country in the world. And although that's like a frivolous sort of headline clickbaity sort of mm. thing, it's there's still like background to it. Like people look favorably upon Finland and you would go, well, why would we choose to go backwards in time? Mm. I felt the same thing when the Brexit vote was happening. All me and my friends were like, there is absolutely no way that this is going to go um, the way it did. There was not a doubt in our mind, so much so that I believe quite a lot of people didn't vote mm. based on the fact of it's a done deal. Right. Don't worry about it. There, I, I can miss this one because there's not a chance we will vote to leave the European Union. And lo and behold, history tends to repeat itself. We're in a position where the worst case scenario has happened. And I think here there is a very different vibe in the sense of the immigrants and foreign background people who were protesting um, about how how could you do this to us? We're sort of helping keep you afloat. Mm. And to then be in a situation where they're going, well, if if you've not got a job for three months, then sorry out you go. I mean, to be honest, it should not have come as a surprise. I think what came as a surprise to um, Finns as well as uh, foreign background people living here is the actual composition of the government. So yeah. the party that's responsible for these very uh, far-right sentiments and and ideas and policies and programs, they've been pretty consistent. Mm. In fact, what's happening now is that people are going back and reviewing and finding, oh, it's even worse than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> interesting times for sure. Really interesting. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk more on a personal level after, you know, since we've taken care of what's happening at the top level. This is Finland Through the Looking Glass, a podcast hosted by Denise Wall. Right, and we are back talking with Travis Glossop. I've had an opportunity to observe you. I've drawn some conclusions. Are you talking about now? I'm very sort of like laid back in my seat. You're always laid back, okay, (laughs) first of all. Okay, fair Don't Don't mislead anyone. You're always laid back, which is one of the things that I I really like about you. And you make the podcast experience, I think, easy for me as well as the guests. Uh, I warned you before we took a break that we're going to get a little bit more personal. Mm. And I would like to ask you how you feel you're integrating in Finland. It's been eight months. It's not a you know, an incredible length of time, but still enough to give you a sense of, you know, whether you feel you found your footing and found your place here. Every Sunday, me and my fiance Kaiser have sauna Mm -hmm. just downstairs in this building. And we just do a little check-in. And this has been a hot topic 
in in sauna recently uh-huh. because I have felt recently like my integration has almost been falling away. Hmm. When I first got here, I had a lot of energy and I had a lot of want and need to to sort of like fully integrate. And I feel in the last few months, there are a couple of factors that have made me less inclined hmm. to sort of put myself out there. I think there are personal things. Um, I am very open on this fact, but I suffer with um, some quite quite deep-rooted mental health issues. Um I for the I mean since I was 16 years old I've either been on some form of medication or in some form of therapy. Mm. Since I've been here I've had to up my dosage of medication because I found some things incredibly difficult here. Mm. I think that has been a a sort of a curve which has stopped me sort of putting myself out there. I also think that I've had some disappointing interactions in the work realm right where i have as i mentioned before i'm a radio and podcast producer by trade and i have no qualms about saying i'm very good at my job i know that i am i had a fantastic reputation in the uk for for doing what i do and it's quite disheartening to have to start all over again i don't have the reputation here that i did in the uk um, and it's very hard to try and transition and make that a thing here, whether it's not even just the language barrier. Mm-hmm. I think Finns, what what Finns have sort of shown me is there's there's almost an element of not wanting to take a risk, yes. which I've found really disheartening. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many conversations that I've had with big production companies and people of power. So here's the here's the funny thing. In the UK, it'd be very rare for me to actually get a sit down. That's get a, the thing, huh? Get a seat at the table. Access. Access is much easier in Finland than you would imagine. But it makes it much easier for them to say no, Denise. Yes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, that would... It's a double-edged sword. Yeah, it would never happen in the in the UK that I send one email and all of a sudden the CEO of a multi-million dollar company wants to go, yep, sure, yeah, but let's sit down, let's go and have lunch. Mm-hmm. That That's very rare to happen in the UK. But it happens in Finland because it's a, it's a smaller community and there is... There's a certain kind of openness. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. And if you've got at least one name who can refer you... The network. The network. The power that helps, of the network. That helps you get a, a, a foot under the table, as it were. One of the reasons why I came here was I was creatively burnt out. Mm. Um, and I found that I was having a lot of ideas since I got here. And I had, I've had time to actually like let my creativity breathe and come up with fresh new ideas and concepts and... Mm all that sort of stuff. And I've actually had time to work on these things. And I'm going, well, if I had this amount of stuff in the UK, gosh, I'd be in such an amazing position. But here in Finland, I'm finding it sort of, no, not just yet, not quite these sort of things. And well, let's revisit it after summer. And I'm going, well, what what am I supposed to do in that meantime when I'm trying to sort of like start a a life a career and and stuff in this country so it is tough 
But there, you said a lot there, and I want to unpack mm. two things. So you alluded to uh, your mental health struggles, and yep. thank you for sharing that. I'm, I, I, I appreciate your sharing that with us. Um, have you had or have you tried to access mental health services in Finland, and what has that experience been like? And if you haven't, why haven't you? My experiences with a lot of Finnish, what would you call it? Like like your Kellers and your Migris and what would the you call officials. It? The officials, the yes. sort of the the, the official the groups that you, yeah yes. that you have to go down. I found a lot of that very tiring and very, um, very stressful in the sense of they make you sort of jump through hoops, mm. and none of the like organizations seem to talk to each other. So you get sent from pillar to post. That's how I found trying to sort of get into Finland. That's been my experience. Apart from going to, I booked an appointment at the local medical center and said, hey, I have my prescription from the UK for my mental health medication. I've run out and I'm not in a very good place. And I think how... How do I cope with that? Yes. Like, what can, can I do? How can you help me? How can you help me? I need help. And I hadn't booked the correct appointment. I had basically just done what I could to see somebody. Mm. Um, and she said, let me take the details. And then she went back and managed to get a doctor in that moment to sign me an emergency prescription. And I was like, genuinely, this could be a lifesaver. Thank you so much. Yes. I really appreciate it. She said, here's what you need to do next time. I said, okay, that's fine, great. Went and picked up my pills, paid 10 euros. I've always had a problem with going to the doctors in the UK through fear and Mm. bad experiences, especially with mental health things. When I was 17, I'd had uh, some some therapy and some counselling through my second college. Um, But I had to stop doing that counselling because... I was asked to leave that college. Mm. So I wasn't able to continue with it with the free service that the college provided. And I'd been having all these troubles and I made the leap of going to the doctor and booking an appointment, which in the UK is hard enough as it is Mm. because you ring up in the morning and if you don't ring at exactly 8 a.m., that's it. You've got to then try again the next day. You've missed the boat. Mm. If you're plucking up all that courage to actually pick up the phone and do it and you'd fail at that, you go, why am I bothering? But I I managed to get one and I went in and it was this doctor who I've known for years who's looked after me and my family. And I said, here's how I've been feeling. I'm, I'm a little bit worried and I'm sort of sensible enough at this stage to come and say, hi, I need some help. And what that doctor did was give me a sheet of paper, which said things like, on a scale of one to 10, how sad are you? And I was like, and they said, fill this in, come back, and then we'll see what we can do. And I took that piece of paper away. I screwed it up and I put it in the bin. Mm. And I went untreated for a very long time, which was a real mistake, but... That was born out of a situation where I was forced into that. Yeah, you went and you asked for help and you were given a form to fill in. Yeah, I was given a a crudely photocopied Mm. piece of paper. Um, 
So I back to Finland, back to modern day. I went to the doctor for a different reason. I'd gotten a bite at Murky. Oh, tick. A tick bite. Yeah. Well, I thought it was anyway. Mm. Um, it's now disappeared, and it turned out it was just a it was just a bad allergic reaction to a mosquito bite. Mm. After I spoke, she said, "Can I ask you a few questions? Because I'm looking at your file, mm. and you filled in these prerequisite questionnaires, right. and I'd vaguely mentioned on one of the forms that." At some point in the last month, I'd felt relatively suicidal. Mm. So, so it was an initial screening there already. An initial screening mm. for you to put all that stuff in. But here's right. the kicker. She said, these don't go to anybody. Mm. They're just on your file. So no one would know unless you looked. Right. And she'd happened to look while she was talking through all the tick stuff. Mm. And she said, do you mind if we just like ask you a few questions and... She said, you filled in this form and you've said that you were feeling, uh, that you have felt suicidal at some point. And I said, yeah, I had a really, really tough time within the last month. And like, I'm okay now, but like uh, uh, for a moment, I was just being really honest with yes. this form, not really thinking. And she said, okay, I don't feel comfortable letting you leave right now. Do you mind if I go and talk to a doctor? And we sort of have this discussion and she was like, she said to me, the mental health services in this country are terrible. Mm. She said, this is not the country or the health service speaking now. This is me as a person. Mm. I want to make sure you're okay. Wow. And she sort of went out of her way to make a real effort to sort of look after me in that mm. moment. Mm. It made a real lasting impression on me about even though the situation, the finance and the, the, the sort of people who are in power might not be like exactly ideal right now for that sort of stuff but there are still people who mm. care yes. and at the end of the day the people are more important than anything and i think finns i've got a real big place in my heart for finnish people in general but that really cemented it well that is so encouraging to hear uh you have no idea uh and not just because uh i know that there are finnish people um members of the general population as i would say who struggle with getting help for mental health problems that they may have. But it's even a bigger obstacle for foreign background people, partly because of the language issue, partly because of fear of rejection, partly because of uh, certain barriers that people may feel that are in their way. They may not seem like barriers to, to someone, the average person who's having a good day. But if you're in a in a in a moment when you are, let's say your mental health isn't at the best place and you you don't you don't feel good, then having to deal with bureaucracy is even more of a struggle for you. So I think that um, you were very lucky, very fortunate, and I'm happy that you were fortunate, and I'm happy that someone like this exists in the health services here in Finland. So coming back to the job search. Mm. Now, I know what it's like. I know that you had been in the UK in this career path for a long time. But if you think back to what your job search was like there compared to what it's been like here, and I know that there are many variables that are completely different. Uh, would you say there are any similarities or any major differences that strike you? I think there are similarities. So I come from obviously a background of working in the media where there's the Finnish thing of it's more about who you know and being in the right place at the right time. I think that applies very strongly to working in the media in the UK. 
So I must have been about 20 at this point. And then I ended up finding a course, a media, a creative media course at Oldham College in the town that I was from. And they basically would teach you how to do, how to edit, how to record things, how to animate, how to do all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I, f- I finally sussed out. This is it. This is what I wanted to do. So then I ended up going to university, as I say, when I was 23. And at the end of my first year at university, I'd managed to get on the BBC Radio 1 Where It Begins internship scheme. I had to go to university and say, hey, I've got this internship. Um, It means I'm going to miss the last semester mm-hmm. of my first year of university. And the head of the course said, well, what's more important? And I was like, working at Radio 1. <laughs> and she was like, now, well, your studies are really important. I'm like, the whole point of university is to get you into the exactly. industry. And this is the practical experience this that is, you're being offered right I from the like, get-go. There is no one who's going to have this opportunity. Exactly. Like, there's there's just no way that I'm going to get this opportunity again. Mm. This is a one-time deal. Exactly. And she said, well, it's going to be really difficult. And I said, look, is it impossible for me to do this internship and finish the year mm. she said well it's it's not impossible but it's difficult I said well you've said it's not, not impossible, impossible. Yeah. so I'll do it so I moved to London with <laughs> with nothing really and then I did two months at Radio 1 on that internship and I met somebody there mm. she introduced me to someone at Radio X and I then managed to get a breakfast internship immediately after the Radio 1 which was three months of doing breakfast hours unpaid. Mm. So I was getting up at, gosh, uh, half four Mm. in the morning for no money, not even my bus fare back. And I was getting on the bus through central London and going and doing this radio show. So then I had a choice. Do I go back to uni Mm. after finishing that? Or do I try and make it work? Mm. And I made what I feel is the wrong decision because I went back to university. Yeah, I see why you think that. I lost my momentum, but I maintained my relationship with Radio X and I was interning there on the weekends. So I would travel from Birmingham to London on the weekend. And then there was a time where they said, hey, we need that show that you're working on to cover drive time. Mm. Can you do it? And I was like, well, it would mean coming to London every day (laughs) and also trying to do uni and keep my job at Nando's. Mm. So (laughs) sure. And then I was like, could you maybe pay for my trains? At least. Okay, fine. You pay for them first and then we'll reimburse Mm. you. I was like, look, that, that, if anything, is is more than I've had. You'll take it. I'll take that. (laughs) I'll take peanuts and like a a ham butty and a handshake at this point. So I was, so here's what I was doing. I was... In the morning, I'd do whatever uni work I could. i get the train to London from Birmingham uh, around midday, about an hour and a half train. I'd end up in Euston about half one. It took me half an hour to get to Global. I was there at two o'clock, ready for show mm. prep. Um, any jobs that I needed to do. And then the show was on air from four till seven. Mm. I would then run to Euston to get on a train back to Birmingham, where if I made it, I would do my shift at Nando's. Wow. I then got another a recommendation from somebody else and I managed to do um, Magic Radio, the breakfast show there with Ronan Keaton and Harriet Scott. Mm. And 
then again, it was the same thing. It was like, okay, you, I need to now find sofas to stay on because, and it just progressed more and more and more that you, you have that thing of this, you get recommended to somebody here, I vouch for this person and it leads and it leads and leads. And the thing is that, uh, I know that you're a bit despondent about your journey in Finland so far. It's early days, but that's exactly what's going Mm. to happen to you here as well. You're going to start doing something. And that's going to attract someone's attention or someone else. Someone is going to recommend you to someone else like I do all the time. Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I think you're talking about yourself here, Denise. <laughs> in well, the no, there, there are other people, I'm sure. <laughs> there, are, there are other people in your in your orbit who will be doing the same thing I know. And uh, and that will take you. That, that will take you there. You, I think you so. will get there. I think I've got... Uh... Some days, like today, I have a lot of grit and determination about myself where I'm I'm thinking, I I can do it, I can stick it out here and I can make a career and I can make it work because everyone sort of said, well, what if you don't make it work there in terms of radio and podcasts and stuff? I was like, well, I have no problem getting a job in a bar, mm. getting a job in a supermarket, getting a job doing anything. Exactly. I mean, I was cleaning toilets while working at on one of the biggest drive time commercial radio shows. And I think as long as you're able, as long as you can live with those sort of filler jobs in between, but you keep your eye on the prize, so to speak, you know, that goal, I think you'll get there. And by the way, that sort of cycle of optimism and, you know, belief in yourself, uh, followed by days when you feel like an imposter, you gain more perspective, you gain a better perspective and you understand that it's a transient feeling. So I think that was an interesting conversation about the job search. And I and and I would just like to leave you with that thought that it's going to be ups and downs, but you'll get there. You know, just incorporate some Sisu in your life mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll get there. I'm learning every day. That's what that's what I need to do. So let's take a quick break. This is actually an artificial break. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you're we're, really letting them poke behind the curtain on, yeah, on the bonus episode. Yeah, now that they're, they're seeing how the sausage gets made. <laughs> <laughs> this is Finland Through the Looking Glass, a podcast hosted by Denise Wall. So Travis, you've been talking about your life and times in Finland so far, and... Um, You talked about the fact earlier, actually, that you've sort of um, found your way among lots of Finns, mm. and that's been your community. What about other Brits? Have you have you been able to connect with with people from your home island? I've found that if you are British in Finland, there's there's a reason that you've come to Finland. I find there's a lot of Brits who are like. I've come over here. Why are you trying to talk to me? Like I've tried to get away from fellow <laughs> exactly Brits. from people like you. That's, <laughs> yeah. That was the point. <laughs> yeah, I found that. Um, but actually, in the last week, funnily enough, uh, my podcast "Can I Finish," hosted with comedian Inka Valima, available on all podcast platforms, and right now, very smooth, very smooth. <laughs> um. We had a, a message in from somebody who works at the British Embassy mm. who had discovered the podcast and was a fan of some of my previous work. Mm. And they said, oh, it'd be great to have a chat. And I was like, okay, this is, they're either going to deport me or 
this is going to be a situation where I'm asked to be some sort of spy. And I was like, whichever way this goes. It I sounds can, super interesting. I can make it work. Yes. Yeah. This is, inter- I mean, this is an anecdote I'm going to be able to tell exactly. somewhere. So I might as well go. And I met a, a lovely person called Jeff and some of his colleagues and some other friends. And basically there was, there was four of us, all British. And it was the first time that I, since I've been here, that I have had like a bit of a night out with other Brits with wow. no fins involved. Mm. And it was really refreshing. And it was very much like, oh, all you people understand my references. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't need to explain That's myself the all thing. the time. Yeah. Like, I'd never considered it before that that is actually quite tiring. So you have the initial bit of, how did you end up here? Yes. Which, when you're talking to someone where you're from, it makes it so much easier to go, oh, met a Finn and ended up here. Yes. Or whatever the situation might be. I'd never really considered before how just, how when people go, what, what are you doing here? And you go, oh, well, my dad died. I met a Finn mm. and I decided to move. And then all this stuff, like, it's so tiring having to go into that time and time mm. again. And and it's it's to be fair, it's a lovely thing because the Finns want to know. They're like, they how do. did you end up in our little corner of the they world? Do. And they're not yes. coming from a bad place when they ask. It's just, it's true. you don't understand how many times I've had to tell the same <laughs> depressing story. <laughs> good, good to know that you finally um, managed to to connect mm. with your compatriots in Finland. And the thing that I would like to understand from you is if you could take three aspects of life in the UK and transplant them to Finland that you think would be a good way of being or some something positive that would contribute to the way we we all interact with each other here in mm. Finland what would they be number one I would <laughs> I would bring the fact that all Finns are too on time. I would change that to a more British way of, if a party starts at seven, that means, I mean, before nine is fine to turn up anytime then. Same day, basically. Same day, yeah. It's, as long as you get there at some point and you bring your own beer, that's fine by me. Finns, if the party's at seven, the Finns will be there at 659 and, and you're not ready. Not ready for that. So that's obviously a silly example, but genuinely, mm. guys, just chill out a little bit. <laughs> it's a party. It's a party. Take the next tram. <laughs> you don't have to be on time. You're not being marked. <laughs> I think some fins can be a little bit standoffish and it takes a lot to open up. Mm. I do miss chatting to someone in a pub. And so I, there's a couple of pubs around here that I like to go to and um, maybe once a week I'll go and just sort of sit and read my book and just have a couple of pints on my own. And <laughs> when I lived in London, that would frequently be interrupted by someone going... You would not get very far in that book, yeah. would you? <laughs> they go, hey, bookmark, do you want to come play pool? Which is a genuine interaction yes. I had. And they're like, hey, bookmark, you want to play a pool? And I'm like, yeah, why not? I've read so many books since I've been in books. <laughs> it's very rare that I get stopped. <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation with a Finn where you've paid for something for them? 
And then they insist that the next time they must pay you back mm. the equivalent amount. <laughs> and I'm like, or, you know, or, or, or buy something for you or cover something for you for the equivalent amount. And I'm like, it's not that deep. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's just a cup of coffee. And they're like, no, no, no. You bought my coffee uh, at 6 p.m. Oh, what's your Last- mobile pay? Yes, exactly. Uh, it was, um, I think it was autumn. It was a Wednesday. <laughs> And it was, it, it must have been in the afternoon because we had extra time. And you paid for my, and I'm going to pay for your coffee now because yeah. I need to pay you back. We need to be even. Mm. We, you know, I can't owe you money. Me and you, Denise, feel very similar in the sense that we're both very laid back. Mm. We're both very chilled about things. I feel like I've got quite a Caribbean vibe. About, oh, absolutely. I went to Jamaica when I was about 15, 16, mm. and I was like... These are my people. people. <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be. Yes. You found your spiritual home. Yeah, I yeah. remember the the one of the tour guides saying we have two we, <laughs> we have two speeds. We have slow and we have stop. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is that it. is this, so accurate. Yeah, that that's that's what I'm here for. One thing I've I've thought of which I would bring here is I bring more small talk. Mm. The British sort of just chatting about this that and the other for no real reason. Sometimes the conversations are just so factual and to the point mm. that now I'm now I'm much more used to it, but they do feel I'm like, what did I do to upset that person? <laughs> like so yeah, a little bit more small talk and a little bit sort of like soft around the edges. Exactly. I think would be quite nice. Exactly. We're coming around to the close of this I'm going to, I'm okay. I'm not going to say the word entertaining anymore. I need, I need to. No, I need that validation. Find that Denise, online thesaurus. <laughs> fascinating chat yeah. with Travis. It's, it's been fascinating. It's been fun, actually, more than fascinating. It's been a whole lot of fun. Yeah. And um, I know we talked about the fact that we have our ups and downs, especially in the situation where. Uh, you're in at the moment where you're, you know, still trying to find your footing mm. and really, you know, finding your place and making a Travis-shaped place in the world yeah. here in Finland. Um, I'd like you to reflect for a moment and think about and share with us what you're looking forward to in the next year or so. I feel even though I have sort of ongoing mental health struggles and struggles in my in my personal life i do feel right now in this moment speaking to you and that's all we really have is whatever you're feeling in the moment i feel really excited about the next year for in in a personal sense i'm getting married yay in 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 about a year's time hopefully um we've not set a date or a venue or anything yet but hey that's that's fine you have an intention we have an intention and it'll all be sorted Mm. um we're gonna get a dog i said earlier about i i I had no right getting the radio one internship and what i mean by that is i come from a very working class background i come from a background of i had my first job when I was 12 years old delivering papers and I was paying rent to my dad Mm. at 16 years old. Mm. And I've had to sort of, I've never had any handouts. I've been sort of, I've had to scratch and claw for my place in the world. And I've done that with a lot of what I feel is a lot of barriers in my way, personal ones. I mentioned before I lost my dad. He was ill for 
for 10 years before he, well, nine years before he passed away. Um, but we're coming up, we've just passed the 10 year anniversary of him um, getting ill. And I was, I was but a 21 year old when that happened. And for something life changing like that to happen at that age, it felt like I'm having everything thrown at me here. And I'm going to, I'm continuously having to climb over these big obstacles, but I've made it this far and sure I will, I, I have my struggles as does everybody, but if I've made it this far, I've, I, <laughs> it really does feel like how, like I can't get, it can't get any worse than this. Like No, and you've made it with an amazing sense of humor, <laughs> you know, um, and I think with, um, with a kind of wisdom that comes from honesty. And I, I, I really do like the fact and appreciate the fact that you're very, you have no pretensions. You're just a very genuine, authentic, real mm. person. And I, I know that's going to take you really far. And you, you bring a sense of humor. And I know that you've had very dark times but on your good days, you are unstoppable. <laughs> and that that is that counts for a lot. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think a younger me would have shied away from that and said, don't say that. That's a lie. <laughs> but I think I'm, I'm a bit older and I'm a bit more comfortable in my own skin. And some days there are still some days where if I heard that, I would be <laughs> I'd feel quite ill. Like, oh, no. Like, uh, I'm not very good at taking compliments some days. But today, you, you caught me on a good day. And Yay. I think I... Yeah, I, I, I don't like to play games hmm. with people. I'm just... I talk about the things that are important to me because I think a lot of people hide away and they don't have real conversations. And for stuff like mental health... We're so far gone from the times where it was a, um, a taboo. A taboo, yeah. yeah. Like we only get to places like where we are now by talking about these things, okay. and it shouldn't. If if I, if me talking on this this podcast about the about my mental health struggles and the fact that I've had suicidal thoughts at times and stuff like that, but I've I'm out the other side. If one person hears that and goes, wow, I can't believe they're just being very open about that. And that sort of makes them want to reach out and talk to somebody or what, even if it doesn't, if it doesn't make them act on it. If it's just them hearing it and knowing I'm not alone, that's, that's worth it. Like, do you know what I mean? So I think that's why I am, I'm very unapologetic about the things that I feel are important. And I hope that you continue to talk about the things that matter to you because they also matter to someone else. Mm. And as you said earlier, that's that's all we need sometimes to understand that we're not alone in a particular kind of struggle. Um, it, it's it's going to mean something to someone out there. Mm. And I think that's the key to being your authentic self and owning, owning every aspect of yourself. You know, that I feel like with the social media life, there's a lot of pressure to present as though everything is great and good with us and even when that's not the truth and uh, we want to pretend like that the dark days or the ugly sides of mm. us don't exist they do 
the the real win is when we can combine the beautiful parts and the ugly parts and and be a whole person that others appreciate the one thing i would say about social media is you should never as hard as it is you should never compare yourself to what someone's life looks like on social media because you're only seeing the greatest hits yeah. you're not seeing the the day-to-day struggle mm-hmm. and the things that are sort of difficult for them they most people will only show you the good stuff exactly um i know that's true of me i still fall into those traps on social media where i'm all i want to do is be like look at this cool thing i've done look at me being really happy when 20 minutes before i was having a big cry and actually the only reason i posted that was to get a little bit of serotonin from the likes do you know what i mean like that's just the reality of things isn't it But tell us about Can I Finish? Tell us a bit more about it, what you do, what episodes you have out already, what's coming up next, and where we can find it. So Can I Finish is a cultural exchange. What me and Denise have been talking about today, it's it's very similar to, to that in the sense of I'm a Brit, Inca, my co-host, is Finnish. She is a, a brilliant comedian and we basically share things from our own cultural history. So we pick a topic each week and then we dive into it. And it's a bit like a show and tell. We share things with each other so that we both have a better understanding about where we come from. And I think what I've learned through doing this podcast is, sure, there's an element of learning of this is about kids TV and there's a bit of nostalgia or whatever, but the podcast is actually, it's, it's a journey of of friendship and me and Inca uh, episode by episode learning more about each other and getting closer Mm -hmm. and I'm I think that's the more human aspect um we talked about kids tv British and Finnish kids tv mainly from the late 80s and 90s um and then our most recent episode was the great delicacy debate so we talked about different foods, different <laughs> snacks, different uh, things from Britain and Finland. And we did a little taste test. In upcoming episodes, we talk about politics. We talk about national holidays. Um, and I think we might even talk about school. I think that's the next one we've got coming up. Yeah, it comes out every Wednesday on any of the podcast platforms but spotify is probably the best one because we have polls and q a's and all sorts of stuff i didn't even know you could do you can do so yes can i finish with two n's obviously um and we're also on the socials on instagram and tiktok on that note thank you so much travis for sitting down with me in studio karhu Mm -hmm. the delightful studio karhu today and telling us a bit about where you've come from where you are now and where you're going. Thank you, Denise. Thank you for using your platform to let me tell my story. This is what Finland Through the Looking Glass is all about. It's about people telling their stories. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, thanks also, of course, to our wonderful audience who listen into the podcast. Don't forget to like, rate, share, subscribe you can find us on spotify you can find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. you can find us on spotify for podcasters or actually where whatever podcatching app you prefer to use yeah so that's the end of our podcast for today thanks for listening in and talk to you next time Bye-bye. bye bye
Finland Through the Looking Glass is a podcast created and hosted by Denise Wall. Join us on the next podcast for more intimate and eye-opening conversations from Finland's quiet minority.